and welcome to the Happy Gut Podcast. I'm Jamie Wagner, registered nurse and gut health coach. I believe that gut health is central to your health and well-being. On the Happy Gut Podcast, we talk about how the gut affects every aspect of your health, including your digestion, skin, hormones, mental health, mood, behavior, cravings, weight, and well, basically everything. If you're struggling in any of those areas, then you're in the right place. Or if you simply want to implement healthier habits so you can live more vibrantly, energetically, and joyfully for a longer time, then you're right where you need to be. On the Happy Gut Podcast, my goal is to empower you with science-backed information so you can fix your gut and live your best life. Let's dive into today's topic. Welcome back to the Happy Gut Podcast. In this episode, I'll be talking about eight signs that you have a gut health problem and what to do about it. So make sure you listen until the end for my tips on next steps. Also, I encourage you to listen to all eight signs. You may not realize you're experiencing some of them until hearing about it. Let's start with probably the most obvious gut health issue. Number one, digestive problems. This can include anything from bloating to constipation or diarrhea to abdominal pain or cramping or gas, to acid reflux, or heartburn, to IBS, and more. You can have just one of these symptoms or multiple. If one or more of these symptoms are negatively impacting your daily life or happening frequently, then that's probably a sign of a gut health issue. Many people with digestive problems go to the doctor and get testing done, maybe a colonoscopy or an endoscopy. These tests can be great for ruling out diseases, but patients are often told that everything looks normal or that maybe there's a little inflammation. Then they're told to take a medication, which sometimes can actually make certain conditions worse, or try a low FODMAP diet with no guidance or explanation. Or they're told to drink more water, maybe take some Miralax, eat more fiber, again, without any guidance or follow-up. This is a huge problem. First of all, there are things that these tests can't show you. Second of all, saying, try this and good luck, or yeah, everything looks normal, so you'll just have to live with it. That's not okay, and it feels defeating to the patient. If you have digestive symptoms causing you pain, discomfort, or making it so you have to stay home all the time, then there's something going on and it can be fixed. You may just have to dig a little deeper. Now, I don't want to completely knock conventional medicine. I am all for conventional medicine when it's needed. However, I hear this all the time that a lot of conventional doctors tell patients that they either have to live with it or they give them very vague instructions for moving forward and then they don't get better and there's no follow-up done and they're just left to deal with their symptoms. That is not okay. I want to talk about IBS for a second. I'll do a little bit more in-depth episode on it in the future, but I want to touch on it now really quick. Irritable bowel syndrome, or IBS, is a group of digestive symptoms that occur together consistently. That's it. It doesn't actually tell you a diagnosis or a cause. It's a very vague definition. If a doctor is saying, you have IBS, they're really just saying, you have these symptoms. Can you see how that's not helpful? Modern medicine often fails to look into why the symptoms are occurring. IBS can have many different causes, including small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, or SIBO, food intolerances, dysbiosis, which is an imbalance of good and bad bacteria, motility problems, low stomach acid, lack of digestive enzymes, nutrient deficiencies, infections or overgrowth such as fungus or parasite, leaky gut or increased intestinal permeability, and so on. 
Many times, IBS can be managed if you just dig deeper for that root cause and make some changes in your diet and lifestyle. Now, number two, skin problems. This is my bread and butter because, well, this was and is my main problem, and I have a very personal connection to it. You might have a gut health problem if you have eczema, psoriasis, acne, rosacea, hives, or other rashes or skin problems. Many people often think of external factors when thinking of skin issues. Skincare routines are super popular lately, but if you have a skin condition, you really have to look internally. Even one of the first things a dermatologist will ask you is, what laundry detergent do you use? Or what moisturizer or cleanser do you use? While those can impact your skin sometimes, there's often chronic inflammation from inside of your body causing your skin symptoms. For example, you have something in your body called the gut-skin axis or gut-skin connection. Just like the gut, your skin has a microbiome with bacteria and viruses and fungi and all the different microbes as well. And the two microbiomes, the gut and skin, impact each other. What's going on in the gut can actually affect your skin. It's been said that the skin is a window to your internal health. So if you have a problem with your skin, that's showing you there's something wrong on the inside. Inflammation is often an issue for skin symptoms, and inflammation is often tied back to the gut. 70 to 80% of your immune system resides in your gut, and your immune system controls inflammation. A great example of our gut-skin connection at work is when you look at celiac disease. When someone with celiac disease is having a reaction because they were exposed to gluten, they get uncomfortable digestive problems, but they also often get an itchy rash. Acne has been associated with bacterial overgrowths in the gut, as well as low stomach acid and dysbiosis. It's also often hormonal, and spoiler alert, hormones are very connected to the gut. The development of eczema or atopic dermatitis has been linked to gut microbiota changes, as well as leaky gut and dysbiosis, that imbalance of good and bad bacteria in the gut. Rosacea has been highly linked to SIBO or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth as well. Genetics can predispose you to having a skin condition, but having an unhealthy gut can make it actually be present or flare up. Another great example of how the gut affects the skin is I had one client who had hives every single day and it was absolutely debilitating for her. And through my gut healing program with just nutrition and lifestyle changes, she no longer gets hives and when she does, she can trace it back to why it happened so that she can prevent it in the future. Now let's move on to number three, hormonal imbalances. Your hormones are very much impacted by your gut. I'll have an episode specifically about this topic in the near future, but if you have bad PMS or premenstrual syndrome, bad cramps, irregular periods, painful periods, or no period at all, which is called amenorrhea, that could be a gut health issue. Hormonal problems also include things like hormonal acne, mood swings, weight gain, headaches, fatigue, insomnia, low sex drive, polycystic ovarian syndrome, or PCOS, endometriosis, and even infertility. In men, hormonal imbalances can look like low sex drive, erectile dysfunction, thinning or reduced hair, breast tenderness or enlarged breast tissue, infertility, and more. Common hormone imbalances can include having too much estrogen, too little progesterone, too much or too little cortisol, too little thyroid hormone, and too much or too little testosterone. I won't get into the symptoms of these in this episode, but you can look forward to that in a future episode. 
Your gut is connected to your hormones. You need a healthy gut in order to balance estrogen in the body properly, for example. You poop out excess estrogen. If that gets messed up in the gut, you can have estrogen dominance, causing a bunch of those symptoms I listed earlier. Evidence is also showing that leaky gut and dysbiosis are being connected to polycystic ovarian syndrome, or PCOS. PCOS is truly an insulin issue, and insulin is very much related to the gut. It's all connected. The birth control pill can also cause issues with your hormones, your gut, and even cause autoimmune issues. The pill is handed out like candy these days to quote-unquote balance hormones, or treat period pain, or treat PCOS, but it may be doing more harm than good for some people. The pill can actually lead to a very increased risk of developing Crohn's disease. To put it simply, your gut microbiome and your hormones are very connected, so if you have symptoms of hormonal imbalance, you need to take a look at your gut. Let's move on to number four, immune system issues, such as autoimmune and allergy issues. So this includes hives, asthma, getting sick frequently, lupus, arthritis or unexplained joint pain, thyroid issues like Hashimoto's thyroiditis or hypothyroidism or hyperthyroidism. These are all examples of immune system issues. The gut plays a huge role in your immune system. Like I said before, 70 to 80% of your immune system resides in your gut. Your gut is the biggest contact to the outside world besides your skin. Your immune system triggers inflammation or autoimmune reactions in response to signals from the immune cells lining the epithelial layer of your gut. Inflammation is needed in response to pathogens and repairing tissue when an injury happens, for example, but it's a problem when it's too long or too strong. So you kind of want it to be like Goldilocks. Not too little inflammation, but not too much inflammation. You want it just right. Having low diversity in gut bacteria can lead to having an immune system that overreacts to antigens, leading to autoimmune responses or allergies. Autoimmunity is immunity against oneself, or an immune reaction in response to substances that are naturally present in the body. It can be genetic, but in many cases, it can be prevented by avoiding triggers for autoimmune reactions. The main triggers for autoimmune disease are a poor diet, dysbiosis or an imbalance of good and bad bacteria in the gut, and inflammation or leaky gut. It's been shown that autoimmune diseases can actually be reversible and remission is a possibility. Your genes are not your destiny. You can actually have a little control over what genes are turned on and off. This is called epigenetics. I won't dive into that now, but it's a really interesting topic. People with autoimmune conditions are often put on medications that compromise your immune system, making it easier for you to get sick or get infections, so it can be beneficial to work on your nutrition and lifestyle before getting on those strong medications. Or if you're already on these medications, maybe working on your diet and lifestyle and then working with your doctor on reducing that amount of medication if possible. Okay, let's go to number five, brain or neurological issues. Brain fog, headaches, migraines, fatigue, low motivation, trouble concentrating, anxiety and depression, poor memory, or an overall feeling of being unwell. You have something in your body called the gut-brain connection. Your gut and brain are connected via the vagus nerve, and they are constantly in communication. Think of the gut feelings that you get. For example, you may feel nauseous when you're nervous for a public speaking event. That's your gut and brain communicating. I know that I get that way. I cannot eat anything before I have a public speaking situation. 
Your gut and brain are connected via the vagus nerve. Not like Las Vegas, but V-A-G-U-S. The vagus nerve. This is a bi-directional nerve where signals are sent back and forth between the gut and brain. Think of it like a two-lane highway. There's cars going one way and cars going the other way. If there's a hypersensitivity in the vagus nerve, it can cause gut problems and uncomfortable symptoms. Have you heard of serotonin? It's the happy hormone. It also influences gut motility, though. 90% of serotonin is produced in the gut. However, it can be stopped from being absorbed, produced, or utilized in the body due to inflammation, stress, medications, an unhealthy lifestyle, or genetics. All of this can cause the serotonin receptors in the gut to be desensitized, making the gastrointestinal tract sluggish. This can lead to constipation and other gut issues. Your gut bacteria also help create, synthesize, and modulate many of the same neurotransmitters that are used in the brain. These include GABA, melatonin, which is that sleep hormone, norepinephrine, dopamine, and more. Some scientists believe that symptoms could also be due to a leaky blood-brain barrier, which is connected to leaky gut syndrome. When you have leaky gut, and we'll call it leaky brain, endotoxins called lipopolysaccharides can go where they aren't supposed to and cause inflammation, resulting in the symptoms I listed earlier. I'll have an episode in the future going in-depth about the gut-brain connection, but as you can probably see, they're very much connected. So symptoms of brain or mental health issues could be because of a gut imbalance. Okay, number six out of eight signs that you have a gut problem. Weight gain or trouble losing or maintaining weight. This problem is so common, so if you struggle with this, you definitely are not alone. There's a myth out there that weight loss or weight gain is all about calories in, calories out. That it's a simple math problem. But it's really not all about calories. If you think about it, 400 calories from gummy bears is different than 400 calories from, let's say, vegetables. Why? Gummy bears are straight up sugar, often high fructose corn syrup, with artificial colors and flavors and other processed ingredients. They don't do anything for your body except provide a quick shot of sugar to the system, causing a spike in blood sugar and insulin. Vegetables, such as broccoli, carrots, greens, asparagus, etc., provide fiber that keeps you more full, feeds good gut bugs, provides bulk for your stool to have more regular bowel movements, as well as vitamins, antioxidants, and more. Not only that, but it's virtually impossible to track your calories out. We cannot effectively calculate how many calories we burn every day. You have your resting metabolic rate, which is the number of calories burned if you didn't move at all. Then you have NEAT, N-E-A-T, or non-exercise active thermogenesis, which is movement that isn't planned exercise like vacuuming, cleaning the kitchen, taking the stairs at work, mowing the lawn, or other activities. Then you have physical exercise. You must take all of that into account, but even then, activity trackers like our watches aren't all that accurate anyway. Tracking calories in also isn't very accurate because of human error, as well as errors on packaging, and not being able to accurately calculate the calories in food. I personally like to look at ingredients rather than the numbers on a package of food. Also, did you know that the health of your gut microbiome can determine the number of calories you extract? It's been found that lower levels of bacteroidetes in the gut and higher levels of firmicutes increases caloric expenditure from foods by about 5% of your total daily energy intake, 
Basically, to break that down into simple terms, if you have too many of the bad bacteria in the gut, you could be taking in more calories. As you likely know, obesity is an epidemic, especially in the United States. There are many reasons for that, including the standard American diet, full of processed foods and sugar and low in fiber and healthy nutrients, as well as a lack of exercise. It can also be related to gut health, which relates back to diet, exercise, stress, and more as well. It's been shown that obese individuals have less microbial diversity in the gut overall than leaner individuals. Your gut microbiome can also impact your cravings. Less favorable gut bacteria can actually manipulate host behavior, your behavior, so they can boost their survival. This is through cravings, so your gut bacteria can actually make you crave certain foods. So when people start eating healthy and they actually start quote-unquote craving healthy foods and you roll your eyes and you're like, yeah, right, it's actually true. Likely because they have more good gut bugs begging them for healthy foods like prebiotics to feed them to keep them alive and abundant. Okay, second to last, number seven, food sensitivities. If you all of a sudden don't tolerate certain foods or you feel like you can't eat anything because it makes you feel bloated, burpy, or fatigued, or it flares up your skin, or causes any kind of symptom, then you probably have a gut problem. Food sensitivities are actually a sign of a gut problem. It's usually not a food problem. So how does this work? It can go back to having a leaky gut. When you have leaky gut, your intestinal lining has openings in it, allowing for things to get through that aren't supposed to. Your immune system is right there, so it notices these things as foreign and creates a response, an inflammatory response. So if you have leaky gut, you could be eating pretty much anything and getting these symptoms. Because those food particles are getting through, your immune system sees them as foreign and creates inflammation. So you start to wonder, hmm, did that apple I just ate cause these symptoms? And then a spiral happens because you seem to be reacting to all the foods and you're left eating chicken and rice and that's it. This is why food sensitivity tests aren't super accurate and I don't recommend buying them, especially in the beginning of your healing journey. It's important to fix the gut issue first, rather than taking out a whole bunch of foods, especially healthy foods. Most food sensitivities go away. Some may stay like dairy or gluten or those common ones, but you shouldn't be sensitive to 30 different foods, especially a bunch of healthy ones. And last on the eight signs that you have a gut problem, and then we're going to talk about what to do about it. Number eight, fatigue. If you are tired all the time, it could be a gut issue for many reasons. Gut issues almost always lead to inflammation, and chronic inflammation can cause you to feel really, really tired. When your body is inflamed and stressed all the time, it really wears on it and can make you chronically fatigued. Another cause of fatigue is being on the blood sugar roller coaster, is what I like to call it. If you look at your blood sugar levels on a graph throughout the day, they should look like a steady rolling wave rather than spikes and drops or like a big roller coaster. But the problem is that the standard American diet is super high in sugar and starches, leading to big spikes in blood sugar and insulin and then huge drops. This can make you feel really tired as well. Notice how you feel if you have something like a sugary muffin for breakfast versus maybe an omelet with eggs and veggies and protein. Having just a straight shot of sugar and refined carbs causes a spike in blood sugar with a rapid drop. But having a balanced breakfast with fat, protein, and carbs allows you to have a more balanced blood sugar, keeping your energy levels a little more normal and making it so you're less tired. 
Fatigue can also be related to hormonal and thyroid issues. If you have hypothyroidism, you probably know this. Having low levels of thyroid can cause fatigue, and your thyroid and gut are very closely related. Just like your gut-skin connection or your gut-brain connection, you have a gut-thyroid connection. It's all linked together. We talked about hormones earlier, but having too little or too much of certain hormones can cause fatigue as well, and your gut is largely at play in those hormone levels. Gut imbalances or issues can also cause sleep disruptions, so that can lead to fatigue too. There can be a lot of things at play, but so often it all leads back to the gut. Okay, so we talked about the eight signs that you have a gut health issue, digestive problems, skin issues, hormonal imbalances, immune system problems such as autoimmune disease or allergies, brain or mental health issues, weight gain, food sensitivities, and fatigue. If you heard one or more of those and thought, yep, that's me, then you might have a gut health problem. But now what? Don't worry, I won't leave you hanging. First of all, there isn't a one-size-fits-all approach to gut healing. If there was, we'd all be buying it and we'd all be feeling better. Yes, there are general guidelines that work for most people, but every single person is unique, so I can't sit here and tell you to do X, Y, and Z and you'll be all set. I highly recommend working with someone that understands gut health and can help you make changes that will benefit your health. I don't just say that because I am a gut health coach. I say it because doing it on your own is really, really hard. I tried doing it on my own when I first got started, and I needed guidance. Hiring someone to help you will save you time and money. Trust me. In general, though, if you want to get started with working on your gut health before working with someone, here are some things I recommend doing. Number one, take a look at your diet. How often are you eating processed foods or fast food? How much of your diet is real, whole foods such as vegetables, fruit, whole grains like brown rice, nuts, seeds, meat, or seafood? How much soda or alcohol are you drinking? Diet is one of the, if not the, top reasons for gut health issues, so just being aware of where you're at in that area can make a big difference. If you notice some areas to improve, start working on those slowly. Incorporate more vegetables in your diet. Start cooking more instead of going out to eat. It doesn't have to be a drastic change. Small changes may stick with you longer anyway. I will tell you this, getting food foundations nailed down is so vital to healing your gut and getting rid of symptoms naturally. And I actually have a brand new course out called the Food Foundations Course, and it's a science-backed course jam-packed with information to help you navigate the confusing world of nutrition and learn the basic guidelines to nourishing a healthy gut with food and using food as medicine. In this course, I cover inflammatory foods that are likely contributing to your symptoms, gut-friendly and gut-healing foods. We go over prebiotics and probiotics and polyphenols and gut-specific nutrition, gut-healthy substitutes, how to build a gut-friendly plate, daily gut-healthy eating tips, how to find food intolerances, and so much more. I also provide you with PDF downloads like a gut-healthy grocery guide and a list of my favorite brands, as well as an amazing gut-friendly recipe book with tons of different yummy recipes, as well as a guide to building that gut-friendly plate and more to accompany these self-paced modules. If you would like to get in on this Food Foundations course, you can go to www.itsjamiewagner.com food foundations. You can also find that link in the show notes. So number one way to get started on your gut health journey if you think you have any of these eight gut health problems is to check on your diet and get those food foundations down. 
Number two, manage your stress. Easier said than done, but stress is a huge trigger for inflammation and gut issues. So you could try incorporating some maybe meditation or yoga or breath work in your daily routine. Number three, light movement. Exercise such as walking or yoga can be helpful for your health, but heavy and intense exercise such as running or CrossFit can increase your stress load and cause gut issues. If you're currently doing a lot of intense exercise or you're not exercising at all, it could be beneficial to switch to light movement. It doesn't have to be a long or intense session to reap the benefits of exercise. And number four, consider working with a gut health expert. I currently have that Food Foundations course open for you. I also have spots open for one-to-one coaching. My program has been life-changing for my past clients, and I'm so excited to start enrolling more people to start improving their gut health and get rid of their symptoms. It's truly incredible what can happen in 16 weeks with my gut healing protocol, which is all natural remedies. If you're interested in working with me, you can get to my website through the show notes or go to www.itsjamiewagner.com. You can also DM me on Instagram at itsjamiewagner. I'd love to chat with you about your next steps, and I promise there is never any pressure to work with me if it's not a good fit or it's not a good time for you. I'm here for you every step of the way. Thank you so much for listening to the Happy Gut Podcast. I'll be back next week with another episode. If you liked it, I'd love it if you could leave a positive review. I'd also love it if you shared it with your friends and family, maybe your coworkers, maybe your uh, barista, whoever. You can find all sources and a link to my website in the show notes. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at It's Jamie Wagner. See you next time.